Uh, yeah, welcome to Uptempo Sports 24-7 with your host, Coach P. It's happy hour somewhere on a Friday, even during a pandemic. We decided to give you a little relaxing, soulful sound coming from the lounge as we bring you sports like none other. So with that, we want to get you started talking about the review of what happened in week 14 in the NFL. We also want to talk about big games coming up this weekend in college football and college basketball. But let's start with the roundup in the NFL in week 14. And we're going to start with the Houston Texans taking on the Chicago Bears. Houston went to Chicago. It looks like they forgot how to play football because Chicago and Mitchell Trubisky jumped all over the Texans. They made Mitchell Trubisky look like a real quarterback. I was interested to see this showdown because I wanted to see how Deshaun Watson was going to do against Mitchell Trubisky. I picked Houston in this game because I liked Deshaun Watson better, the better quarterback. But for some odd reason, his team didn't show up. I know they had a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball, but they made Chicago look like they were a playoff team. And Chicago dominated this game from beginning to end and so they get a big win to try to keep their faint playoff hopes alive then we took on to Cincinnati where the Dallas Cowboys were taking on the Cincinnati Bengals Andy Dalton returning to his stomping grounds where he was the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals franchise for nine years and Andy Dalton got a little bit of home cooking and a little bit of Revenge as the Cincinnati Bengals fell victim to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas's defense actually looked pretty good in this game, but just remember, folks, they did not have Joe Burrow at the helm for the Bengals in this game. Dallas took advantage of that. We saw Mario Cooper have a big game. Ezekiel Elliott ran the ball hard in this game, even coming into this game with a calf injury, but little too a little too late for the Cowboys because they're hopes of any kind of playoff contention fell to the wayside when the Washington football team won against the Pittsburgh Steelers last week and then they turn around and the Washington football team gets a big road win against the San Francisco 49ers so Dallas at this particular point is just playing for pride. To me, Mike McCarthy is still playing for his job, even though the Jones family keeps telling him that they're bringing him back. But I digress as a Dallas Cowboy fan. But Dallas gets a win here. Speaking of those Washington football team, yes, the Washington football team took on the San Francisco 49ers. There were a lot of subplots in this game. Kyle Shanahan being on the staff with his dad when he was in Washington. Jordan Reed, the uh, tight end and all pro left tackle Trent Williams, hoping to be able to rub it in the face of their old team. But that Washington football team's defense, that front four, just too much for San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco couldn't overcome the mistakes by backup quarterback Nick Mullins, and they just could not generate enough points offensively. Although the Washington football team won this game. They lost the services of who would probably be the comeback player of the year in Alex Smith. 
And so now they go forward with Dwayne Haskins as the quarterback to try to see if they can solidify themselves for a playoff run. They took control of this division in first place because although Dallas won, they have the tiebreaker with the Cowboys. And then we, in a surprising win, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles on the road try to keep their slim playoff hopes alive against the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans coming into this game at 10-2. and two. Philadelphia coming in this game after losing the week before and struggling. They made a quarterback change. And Jalen Hurts got his first start in this game against the New Orleans Saints. And Jalen Hurts looked good for the most part. Um, better than we thought in his first complete start. He ran the ball well. That's his strength as a running quarterback. He threw a few good passes. But it seemed like that Doug Peterson kind of shrunk the offense of plays for him. He went to his strengths, which was the RPOs, allowing him to be able to do what he does best. Like I said, get out outside of the pocket. And they ran the ball with Miles Sanders pretty well. So Philadelphia looked enthused in this game. And they got a big and surprising win to keep their slim playoff hopes alive in the NFC East. But like I just said, Washington sits clearly in the driver's seat. And Philadelphia is going to need help. And what I mean by help, that means they're going to have to win out probably their last three games in order to try to see if they can surpass the Washington football team. Then we move on. Seattle at home taking on the Ofer Jets. Just what the doctor ordered for Russell Wilson and that Seattle offense and that Seattle defense to try to get themselves back in the winner's circle. They destroyed the Jets in this game. The Jets folks are have packed their bags. They've gone fishing. They're on vacation. They're on holiday vacation as they await spring to come around so that they can get their future franchise quarterback in one Trevor Lawrence if he decides that he is going to come out this year and not go back to Clemson or if he doesn't try to pull a Eli Manning or John Elway and tell the New York Jets organization if you draft me I'm not coming so that's going to be the sidebar story that we're going to be looking for definitely in the spring right before draft time to see if one Trevor Lawrence does decide to continue to come out and be the number one pick or if he decides that he's going back to Clemson, which I doubt very seriously, or if he tries to see if he has enough leverage to see if he can have the Jets to force their hand to trade that pick and not pick him. That is going to be very intriguing, and I think the Jets need to do everything they can to get a competent coach and a competent coaching staff in here if they want to draft the next quarterback of their future. Then we have the Las Vegas Raiders at home taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts in a bounce back game needed this to stay uh, abreast with the Tennessee Titans. And they came out physical game. We saw Jonathan Taylor, the rookie from Wisconsin, come out and have a uh, very strong game. Phillip Rivers didn't turn the ball over, and that defense was able to get a couple of turnovers against Derek Carr and the, and the Raiders. And I think for the most part, they may have put the Raiders to sleep. Um, 
because the Raiders needed this game to keep pace in the strong AFC conference in regards to playoff opportunities. So this was a big loss for the Raiders. Then we had the Titans taking on Jacksonville. You know, Jacksonville is playing for potentially that second pick in a draft, which would probably be quarterback Justin Fields from Ohio State. Tennessee trying to flex their muscles to take control of the AFC South. And they did that with the King, Derrick Henry, rushing for over 100 yards. Ryan Tannehill playing a good game. And so Tennessee stays on their winning path and they get a big win. The Denver Broncos go on the road at Carolina. They get a big win on the road. Carolina without the services, again, of one Christian McCaffrey. I would have to say at this particular point, with only three games left in the season and nothing to play for, Carolina will shut down their best offensive weapon for next season, get him healthy, and get him raring to go in 2021. Denver's defense played well on the road. They got enough plays from their defense, and their offense was able to make some key plays down the stretch. Their quarterback, Mr. Locke, made some impressive throws at the end, and so the Broncos got a big win on the road at Carolina. You had the Minnesota Vikings going on the road against Tampa Bay. The Bucks coming off of their bye week, needing to come back, being inspired, needing to get a win so that they could stay pace in the NFC for a playoff run. And so they were able to take down the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota, their chances of the playoffs probably are dim now with this loss. Tampa Bay, knowing that they cannot catch New Orleans in their division, but trying to stay pace with the other teams in the NFC. Got a much-needed win. Tom Brady played well in this game. And so we'll see what happens as we go down a stretch of the season to see how the Bucks are able to continue on their winning ways. We had the Arizona Cardinals taking on the New York Giants. The Giants without the services of Daniel Jones the week before. They got him back this week against Arizona. You could tell he was rusty. He did not look as good as he had before the injury to his hamstring. And Arizona came in with a healthy Kyler Murray. And the Cardinals get a big win on the road to help their opportunity for a playoff run in the NFC. The Giants, trying to keep pace with that Washington football team, took a blow um, in their division now, even though they have the tiebreaker with Washington because they swept them during the regular season. But they're going to need to accumulate wins in order for this to pan out the way they want it to pan out. So we'll have to see how Daniel Jones goes into week 15, if he'll be available. Uh, looks towards the end of the game that he may have strained that hamstring again, but time will tell. We will see. We had the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Miami Dolphins. Kansas City, folks, they're out here playing. They're, they're, just, they're, they're playing with everybody's emotions at this particular point. They were down 10 nothing to Miami, and then they rattled off 20-some-odd straight points to go up on the Dolphins only to see that lead cut. And then they just took the wheels, took the wheel by the hand and took control of this game in the end. As long as you have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Mr. Kelsey, have no fear. Kansas City is definitely here. And so Kansas City now controls their destiny to be able to be the number one seed in the AFC 
because the Pittsburgh Steelers dropped their second straight game in a in a row as they traveled to Buffalo and a man on a Buffalo named Josh Allen and that Buffalo's defense was stingy as they shut down Big Ben and this Pittsburgh offense is looked very anemic without a running game. James Conner, we know he was coming back from uh, COVID-19 protocol. Their running game has not been able to get off the ground. And Ben does not look like he did early on in the season. I think at this particular point, they're just having Ben throw the ball too much. You having your quarterback at 36 or 37 years old throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game, that is not a winning formula for anybody, especially a quarterback who's coming off significant injury the year before with his elbow. Buffalo and Josh Allen, they look like they are the real deal, and they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. So they get a much-needed win at home. Pittsburgh now has relinquished the opportunity to be the number one seed in the AFC because with these two losses now and Kansas City on a roll, it looks like Kansas City, unless they stump their toe along the line somewhere, they're going to be that team that gets the home field advantage. Then you had the Green Bay Packers taking on the Detroit Lions. Green Bay, Green Bay and that man, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Rodgers. Yes, folks, Aaron Rodgers looking like an MVP candidate. He may have propelled himself over top of one Patrick Mahomes with the way he is playing right now. Detroit tried to make this a game um, towards the end. Matthew Stafford in the rally by Detroit got banged up, had to be taken out of the game, and Green Bay was able to hold on and get a big win. They look like they may be the number one seed after getting help from Philadelphia, who bumped off New Orleans. Green Bay now may be the number one seed in the NFC because they hold the tiebreaker over New Orleans because they beat them earlier in the season. And then the roundup, week 14, we had the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns in what many consider could be one of the best games of this season. Cleveland playing lights out here the last few weeks. Baker Mayfield has been the operator of an offense that has put up more than 30-some-odd points over the last three weeks, they had a major opportunity in this game in the end to pull out. But Lamar Jackson pulled a Paul Pierce and came back in and saved the day. Now, we're going to talk about this because I find it to be funny. The opposite of this is so funny because you had stuff on Twitter and on social media about was Lamar really cramping up or did he have to go to the bathroom? And everybody's been speculating about he really had to go to the bathroom. It wasn't anything to do with cramps. My whole thing is this. If the man had to go to the bathroom, so be it. It's, it's, it's human nature. We all have to go to the bathroom. I know he's playing football and there's no bathroom on the sideline. And if he's got to go, he's got to go. Especially if he has to do his business where it requires for him to sit down somewhere. So for all these people making all these big jokes and making making such a big stink <laughs> in that appropriate about what Lamar Jackson was doing, I don't think it's that serious, folks. Why so serious in the immortal words of the Joker? Why so serious? The man had to go to the bathroom. The man had to go to the bathroom. They're going to try to 
Baltimore tried to say it was cramps. That's what the organization is supposed to do. But at the end of the day, the man is human. The man has bodily functions that have to be taken care of at certain points. And just so happened that was during the midst of this game. But for the Ravens, he was able to come back in a nick of time in order to save them. Because on a fourth and five, he completed a pass to Hollywood Brown, which got them in the end zone. And then at the end of the game, he was able to get them in field goal range to win a exciting game in Cleveland. Cleveland, I think pretty much, folks, unless they stomp their toe, they're going to be in. So this game was big for the Ravens because if they lost this game, I think that they may have really been in trouble in regards to being able to get into the playoffs. I still think that they're going to have to win out, and they may need help at the end. But for Cleveland, this was a statement game. Although they didn't win, it was a statement game from the standpoint of the first time these two teams played, the first part of the season, Baltimore dominated Cleveland. This time, Cleveland came back, and although they were down, Baker Mayfield got them out of the game, but then he got them back in the game. And so their perseverance took over, and we may be seeing a team that is growing up right before our eyes. We know in the offseason the Browns are going to have to make some moves to get some stability and talent on that defensive side of the ball. There's no question about the offense. They have the two best um, uh, combination of running backs probably in the league, and we know about the receiving core, even without Odell. Jarvis Landry has been a monster, and so we know what they can do offensively. But it's been Baker Mayfield who has been the most consistent, even with the interception that he threw in this game. He could have gotten down on himself. He could have come back and tried to force things, but he didn't. They had opportunity, like I said. Their defense just could not hold up at the end. And although they put up 42 points, 42 points just wasn't enough in this game, folks. And like I said, this was a really good game, and it was a statement game for the Cleveland Browns. So that's our roundup of week number 14 in the NFL. We're going to segue from week number 14 in the NFL. We're going to talk about some of these key games this weekend in college football, starting tonight with the Oregon Ducks taking on the USC Trojans for the Pac-12 championship. This game was originally supposed to be USC against Washington. But again, as we have been experiencing all season long in sports, COVID-19 just keeps rearing its ugly head. And so the Washington Huskies could not play in this game because of um, being stricken with players with COVID-19. And so Oregon will now represent on the other side of the ledger against USC for the Pac-12 championship. We have the Big Ten championship this weekend between Ohio State and Northwestern. Um, Justin Fields and Ohio State, they have a lot to prove. Northwestern, I think, is going to struggle to score points against this Ohio State defense. And I think Ohio State's offense is just too high, too much high octane I don't think Northwestern can keep pace. So I like Ohio State big in this game. And then you have the rematch of one of the better games in college football this year, Notre Dame against the 
Clemson Tigers. Remember game one, Clemson went into this game against Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence. And the odds makers are telling you what they believe will happen in this rematch because if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw where the spread was like 10 points in some in some places, Clemson being favored. Although Notre Dame has played tough this year, Ian Book has um, made a name for himself by being solid this year. Um, There's some people that have even thrown his name into the Heisman Trophy hat. I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, it's good that the young man has had an impressive season. This being his senior year, you always want to have your best year as you're about to leave. And so he has done that. But I don't know about this point spread for Clemson. But I do believe that they'll win this game. And I don't believe that Trevor Lawrence not being in the first game was the reason why they lost. Because the the um, freshman phenom quarterback had over 400 yards passing. It was the defense that couldn't stop a nosebleed in the first game. But Clemson will get some players back who did not play in the first matchup, as well as they'll get their leader back and their Heisman Trophy hopeful, Trevor Lawrence, back. So this should be a good game on Saturday. Um, We're going to segue and take a small commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what else, folks? James Harden and the NBA and all the rumors that are still flying around. And we're also going to talk a little bit about college basketball. So we hope that you're enjoying your your Friday and getting ready for the weekend. And we will return in a few minutes. Thank you for tuning in up Tempo Sports 24-7. All right, folks, welcome back to Uptempo Sports 24-7 with your host, Coach P. And yes, it is that time of year, and I thought since we were chilling here in the lounge on a Friday, we'd give you a classic from a classic singer, one Mr. Nat King Cole and the Christmas song. So I hope you enjoy this. But we're going to get back to talking about sports, of course. And we want to talk about what's going on in the NBA with James Harden and his trade demands. James Harden says he's not going to talk about it. Houston is trying to figure out how they can work this out. We told you in a previous segment that the Miami Heat we're now looking to try to obtain James Harden. I just heard something today where they said that part of the wrinkle with the Heat potentially trying to get James Harden was that Houston wanted Duncan Robinson as a part of a trade. Now, I don't know what the complete trade package was or is, but supposedly Duncan Robinson wasn't a part of that package and Houston wants Duncan Robinson. So let me preface this by saying if Duncan Robinson is holding up any potential trade that Miami has with Houston for James Harden, 
then it is not a potential trade that is real. Let's just put it that way, because you're not going to convince me that Miami would hold up trying to get one of the most prolific scores in NBA history on their roster to team up with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo because of the fact that they don't want to relinquish Duncan Robinson. Now, I'm sure that Houston wants Tyler Hero. That's a no-brainer. I'm sure that they won a few draft picks. That's a no-brainer. But if you're trying to convince me that Duncan Robinson is the X factor for why they can't pull off this trade, miss me with that nonsense because I don't believe that for a second. I'm sorry. I'm not believing that for a second. And again, no offense to Duncan Robinson. He is an outstanding three-point shooter. But let's be real. James Harden, Duncan Robinson. I think that we can all agree that that's a simple, that's an easy trade to be made if you want James Harden. Give them Duncan Robinson as quickly as you can get off the phone and sign the paperwork for the trade to go through. We're also hearing now that Philadelphia is potentially a little bit more open to the idea of giving up Ben Simmons. Now, this keeps going back and forth every day. First, you hear that Daryl Morey and Philadelphia are not going to trade Ben Simmons. Doc Rivers saying that he wants to see how the experiment with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid goes as the season is about to tip off next week. Next Tuesday, as a matter of fact. But then you hear over the last 48 hours that Philadelphia is now open to the idea of trading Ben Simmons for James Harden, and I'm sure a few draft picks. To me, it just makes sense. Daryl Morey, James Harden was his guy. You have a pick-and-roll option that you can have with Joel Embiid and James Harden. Joel Embiid can get the things that he needs to get on the floor with James Harden. It just makes him, if he's in shape and he's healthy, that just makes him more of a problem for you to have to defend And with the spacing that you get with if Danny Green has anything left in the tank after last year and Tobias Harris can give them anything from the three spot, Philadelphia now has a chance to try to put a team that is more constructed the way it should be to give them a chance in the East. Now, I don't know, even if they get James Harden, if they're going to have enough pieces, if Everybody in Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie are healthy and the pieces like Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris and Carlos Levert, if all those guys are ready to play, I don't know how much they can compete against the Brooklyn Nets, but that's a matchup we want to see. We want to see that matchup. We want to see what Boston does and we know Kimba's going to be out. Maybe until the first part of the season. I mean, the first part of the new year, I'm sorry, because of that knee injury. So we want to see how they match up. Then we want to see what Toronto does um, with some of the changes that they've made with um, Marcus Sowell now going on the West Coast to be with the Lakers and them now signing. Fred Van Fleet to that astronomical contract. And to me, 
Do you still play him alongside Kyle Lowry? Does he become the focus now? Does Kyle come off the bench? I think you still play them together. But I think at some point, this has been the last year of Kyle Lowry's contract, I'm assuming that by the trade deadline, a team that's competing for a playoff spot that needs a veteran-savvy point guard may be calling Toronto about making a trade. That would only make sense because I know that Toronto is not going to resign Kyle Lowry at his age. I think Kyle is either 34 or 35. I don't think that they're going to resign him to a new deal after they just gave Fred Van Fleet the Brinks truck um, this summer. So you got to believe that Kyle Lowry is playing for a new contract for somebody other than Toronto. So that's going to be interesting to see how they do in the Eastern Conference. Going over to the Western Conference, if you've been watching the beginning of these um, preseason games, everybody talking about who's going to be able to compete with the Lakers. I want to say this. Barring any injuries, anything significant, I don't see anybody from the East or the West being able to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. Everybody can be meet, can be beat one or two games. But you're talking about beating them in a seven-game series, and they have two of the best players, if not the best player in all of basketball, in LeBron James. They've not only have those two guys, but they've upgraded their roster. Kyle Kuzma has worked on his game over the summer. You get to see he appears to have more confidence he appears to be ready to take on the road that they thought he was going to take over last year as being that guy coming off the bench to be the energy guy and to give them much-needed scoring punch that they didn't have effectively all the time last year coming off the bench. He looks like he's ready to be that guy. And, oh, by the way, he is in a contract year. So we know that he is playing to get a new contract, whether that's from the Lakers or someone else in the NBA Kyle Kuzman is putting his resume display for everyone to see. You have teams like Portland, teams like Denver, hoping to be able to throw their hat um, in the center of the floor to compete against the Lakers as well as Denver. But like I said, I just don't see any of those teams having the firepower that the Lakers have in a seven-game series to overtake them. But we shall see because the games have to be played. Everything looks good on paper, but at the end of the day, you have to play these games to determine the outcome. We're going to also stay on the West because we had a rumor that came out. And this one is laughable within itself that the NBA is doing an investigation with the Clippers because supposedly Jerry West in a COVID spy transaction supposedly paid someone or was supposed to pay someone two and a half million dollars because he was trying to convince Kawhi to come to LA let's think about that for a second Jerry West the logo the standard for general managers in the NBA for president's in the NBA, a all-time great in the NBA has to convince someone who is from L.A. in Kawhi Leonard to come home and play for his home team. And 
He needs someone to work as a liaison to do that. Um, you let me know how you want to build your house. You want to build it on solid ground or you want to build it on some swampland somewhere down in the marsh of Florida. Because this is what this sounds like. This sounds like a fishing expedition. This sounds like somebody just made this up and wanted to, to run it to make our ears perk up and say, oh my God, I can't believe that Jerry West would do something like that. I call Pat Riley the godfather. If Pat Riley is the godfather, then Jerry West must be the governor because it is no way in the world you're going to convince me that Jerry West has to pay anybody to get someone to come play in L.A. I'm not buying that with a wooden nickel. It's no way you can convince me that Jerry West has to put up money to convince anybody to come to the sunshine and palm trees of L.A., especially someone who is from L.A. and one Kawhi Leonard. So this is a fishing expedition that the NBA is going on, and I think they're going to come back home disappointed because I can't imagine after all these years of being an executive of the year multiple times, being a NBA champion, being a Hall of Famer, both as a player and a executive, that at this particular point in his life, that he would need to do something like this is just off the beaten trail. I don't believe it. I'm not buying it. And um, you can go ahead and flush this story because it's not a story at all. It's a fairy tale. And we're going to close this out. We're going to talk about uh, over the weekend as well, talking about a big game in college basketball. And that would be between two of the perennial blue bloods and all-time winningest college programs in the country. That would be my North Carolina Tar Heels against the Kentucky Wildcats. This game actually got segued because Kentucky was supposed to play someone else and due to COVID that game got canceled and I guess Carolina had a game earlier that they had gotten canceled um, and so they were able to squeeze this in and I'm sure the executives for CBS or ESPN whoever is current carrying this game couldn't be any happier um, two of the most winningest, like I said, college programs in college basketball history. Both teams kind of trying to feel trying to feel their way through this season. Carolina is ranked number 22. Kentucky fell out of the rankings. Um, they've had some disappointing losses this year. They've lost to Richmond and Georgia Tech already this year. Carolina um, lost in the Maui Classic Championship to texas but both of these teams have players with potential young freshmen that's the struggle right now with covid going on and not being able to have the um, ideal practice times that most colleges usually can get in the summertime and getting players together because of covid protocols i think this is why you're seeing a lack of cohesiveness early on in the season not just for these two teams but for 
most of the teams that are playing. But I think for these two teams, because we know they are always in the upper echelon when we talk about teams and the the talent that comes in, this is where the struggle comes in. I'm going to tell you somebody who is not struggling right now on the collegiate level, and you can look for him to be potentially your number one pick in the summer of 2021, and that is one Cade Cunningham. That's right, Cade Cunningham, point guard for OK State. 6'7", 6'8", Mr. Do-It-All. He is going to be that guy. His court vision is exceptional. His length to guard at the top of the key is going to be problematic for smaller guards. His ability to see over smaller guards and defenders to make plays for his teammates has been what I've been impressed with when I've watched him play. And um, there's no there's no question that the kid can score. And I heard um, someone talking the other night when the game, OK State's game, was being broadcast, talking about him being so unselfish and the idea that he should be looked to want to dominate. I don't think you can dominate a game in so many facets in basketball. You can dominate by just what you do in these categories, what you do in regards to getting your teammates involved. That's assists. What you do on the defensive side of the ball with steals. What you do in regards to creating turnovers, taking contact, getting a uh, getting someone to charge. What you do in regards to getting the ball off the board and starting to break. A big point guard getting rebounds and starting to break. That's how you can dominate a game in all of its aspects. You don't have to be the leading scorer every night. But if you're creating offense for your teammates and with your with you being able to create offense, then your defense comes along with it. That's how you impact the game. And that's what this young man has been doing early on in this early part of the season. So. It's going to be very interesting to see how all this covid impacts the rest of the season in regards to games, because there's so many games that are being canceled from week to week now. But we know the NCAA has a plan in its pocket, especially when it's time for March Madness to roll around. We're going to just have to see if we can just navigate our way through this season as it is. So, got a lot of sports this weekend, folks. And with the holiday season coming up, we're going to get, of course, the NBA will be back. Like I said, the NBA is back. Next Tuesday is opening night in the NBA you have the NFL going to give us games this weekend. We'll talk about that on our weekend edition of Uptempo Sports 24-7. And then we're going to also get a Christmas game bonus because the NFL said, hey, we want to share in the spotlight with the NBA. So, folks, break out your popcorn, break out your the beverage of your choice, and kick back with the remote and enjoy your weekend. We will be back for our weekend edition of Uptempo Sports to get you ready for week number 15 in the NFL. And whatever sporting news is going on, we're going to provide it to you here. And as we always do before we leave, it's always what, folks? Same bad time, same bad channel. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us on all your social media platforms, Google, Apple, Spotify. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great evening. And enjoy your weekend. Peace.